From Tally to Cali, it's time to wake up. Warchant.com is your ultimate seminal sports source. And this is Wake Up Warchant, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. One more, now here's Warchant.com's ass on Hunch of Andy and Corey Clark. Wake up. What is up, everybody? It's Wake Up War Champ presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Coming up on today's show, the Knowles back in the top five. Practice observations from Tuesday and Clemson down. What does it mean for the ACC and the path to the playoff? Wake Up War Champ is presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill, Tallahassee, Florida, cptallybar.com, the website, 2475 Appalachian Parkway, the physical address. Check it out. Lunch specials, Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m., only $8.99. On Wednesdays, it's chicken wings, five of them, and french fries for only $8.99. Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Great times always, cold beverages, great darts, great billiards, better people. Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Don't forget, tomorrow, bingo night at the CP, so go check it out. We were also presented by our great friends over at Vitamin Energy, vitaminenergy.com, shake it and take it. But go to VitaminEnergy.com, use the promo code WARCHAMPBOGO, WARCHAMPBOGO, buy one item, get another item of equal or lesser value for absolutely free. How would one make it through a 4 a.m. day of of work, Corey, you know, and then drive five hours back to Tallahassee, wake back up, go cover practice, Mm. uh, film it, interviews, hit the gym, Slay it in game night. Halo, new game type out there on game night for me and my boys, Corey. All my oh, Halo guys nice. out there know what it means. We went like 6-2-1 and one on the night. It's fantastic. How could I do all this? How could I do it all? Without well, I mean, vitamin without energy, vitamin energy yeah. you couldn't. Nope. Nope. You couldn't. Nope. Nope. So, um, shake it and take it. The focus got me dialed in. Get you dialed in. Go to vitaminenergy.com. Promo code WordChampBogo. Five-star rating and review, please. A thumbs up. Subscribe to the to the podcast, subscribe to the YouTube page, subscribe to warchant.com. It'll change your life. It'll be great. Uh, we'll be hanging out over at the Hotel Indigo pregame show uh, festivities uh, for this home opener, Florida State taking on Southern Miss. Corey Clark, how are you, friend? I'm good, buddy. How are you doing? Well, well, we, we cover a top five football team, Corey Clark. We're back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I felt like we did anyway, mm, but uh, we yeah. got confirmation of that on Tuesday, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Uh, coaches dropped first. They uh, had Florida State at number five. Only Ohio State, Alabama, Michigan, and Georgia ahead of the Knolls. Uh, meanwhile, LSU dropped down to 14th. Uh, Clemson, 21st. Mm. And then the writers, which I feel like, you know, maybe we should, you know, since you're a writer, I'm right. not really a writer. Maybe we should cite our guys in the industry a little bit more. But they've got the Knolls at fourth. So if it all ended now and we went to a playoff, Florida State would be in it. They'd play your Bulldogs. Right. Um, Georgia's one, Michigan two, Bama three, Florida State four in the uh, AP poll. This is about as good as you could hope for. I don't know. Some folks might want Florida State to – I know some people voted them number one. I think Brett McMurphy voted them number one. I think Reese Davis said he was going to vote Florida State number one. But this makes sense. I'm content with it. Your thoughts, Corey, on, on seeing the the affirmation, confirmation, validation uh, from the, the coaches and the writers on this Florida State team after one game. Yeah, I mean, number one, as we all know, it doesn't matter here, uh, whatever, September 6th. Uh, it doesn't really – oh, by the way, I guess it's Shanna's birthday today. Oh. So, happy birthday, Shanna. If you're, I probably could text her too or call her, but I didn't realize uh, <laughs> eh, it's yeah. her birthday. Um, 
Yeah, but, it, you know, it doesn't matter the first week of the season, clearly. But I get the interest. I understand the interest. When you're a team that, you know, if this, if this was 1998, nobody would care. No Florida State fans would care, I mean. Or 2004, well, 2014 they would. But when you're used to being in the top five, like Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia here recently, it all, you know, you're just, you're vying for position for November. Um, and, but but it is cool to see the validation um, and the confirmation of what you did on Sunday night rewarded um, because I thought it was weird. Uh, honestly, they were ranked behind like Penn State to start the season. But then again, I saw Florida State practice and I just saw like I just again, I don't know that people understood what they got in the portal. Uh, now they do uh, to go along with they with what they brought back. And I think four is a it's a cool time, man, to be a Florida State fan. I, I brought up on headlines. I wrote about it after the game. Like, uh, I, I'm going to keep reiterating this, and y'all are going to get sick of it as long as this season keeps going on. But I don't care. This is the two-year anniversary of Jacksonville State Week. It hasn't happened yet. We still, we're still not a full two years from that game. Hmm. But two years ago this week, coming off the Monday night Labor Day game, I think it was Monday night, maybe it was Sunday night, um, yeah. losing to Notre Dame in, in overtime, this is that following week. That was two years ago. And think about what you thought of the program you loved, the coach that you were bought in on after watching that Notre Dame game, um, and the program, yeah, the program you love, the stadium you love going to, all the history and tradition and all the good times you had cheering on this football team. And then you watch that that night and you watch that team lose that game. And then here you are two years later and you've got a home game coming up uh, with the much better team than Jacksonville State, and your team is number four in the country after that last year. Uh, that's, uh, that's or two years ago. That's just uh, it's just an incredible turnaround. I didn't know we were going to get back here. I hoped we would. I didn't think it would be this soon, and it just it reaffirms um, how how much I'm going to try to enjoy this in the moment. Because it's fun. I mean, you look at our YouTube numbers, Aslan. You would think we're uh, Tom Segura or Joe Rogan, huh. like going through the roof. Uh, but and I, and I just I think Florida State fans are obviously very excited about this team. And I just it's not even from a personal, uh, I'm sorry, a professional standpoint. It's just like what it does for our business. But it's just like it's it's awesome to be able to talk about this and to live this again. Because I wasn't honest. I wasn't sure it was going to happen, and it hadn't happened with me and you yet. Uh, on this show, and it's cool that we're talking about the number four team in the country. Do you think that they were able to move and jump in front of some of these teams? You know, obviously LSU is ahead of them, so they're going to definitely at least jump up one spot. But they jumped four uh, in the writers' poll, the AP poll, and they jumped three in the uh, coaches' poll. Uh, I mean, does does that really reflect like a sense that that there's a belief that this is a, a genuine turnaround. Like, I don't want to, you know, Florida State's back. I'm going to joke around about that every now and then, but, but I truly think they are. But, I mean, in one game, and I know it's the top five team, so, like, everyone's like, well, you should jump up. But, you know, these other teams that are ahead of you, when we're this early in the season, it's based on their roster, the way they've recruited, and their reputation here of late, right? So, to be behind Alabama, Michigan, and Georgia, like, I can understand that. I am totally fine with that. Like, the fact that you're able to jump up numerous spots, I mean, does yeah. that reflect, like, a, a real true belief that other folks are starting to believe uh, what we were able to watch for 15 spring practices and then what we saw in the in the preseason? I mean, clearly, uh, that, that you know, when you when you jump teams that won, um, I, I look, and if they would have won like they did last year, I think they're seventh in the country. Mm. I'm talking about the way they beat LSU last year. 
Yeah. But they went on a 38 to three run, uh, a 31 nothing run in the second half. I mean, they dominated that team in the second half of that game, and I think that's when you're looking at it, and you're so early in the season, and you're like, well, yeah, clearly. I miss I mistook Florida State. I should have ranked them a little bit higher, and you have a chance to make amends on that after seeing it. After seeing it in action um, in front of your face, it's not on paper. It's actually happening in front of you. You realize what this, this offense was going to be good anyway. And then you throw in those offensive line transfers, and you throw in Jaheim Bell and Keon Coleman. Oh, yikes. And I think the, the people that vote, uh, saw that and were like, and and man, look, there wasn't a better performance in the country. Yeah, there just wasn't. So uh, I, I get it, but yeah, I can also understand like you know Alabama, Georgia, um, Michigan. They've you know Michigan's been to the playoff two years in a row and returned a is a ton of players. Georgia's Georgia, Alabama's Alabama. I get where you you're kind of laying in the cut in number four. Um, but hey, maybe Alabama loses this week. You beat Southern Miss and you're in the top three, man. Practice observations. We got a couple questions left in the mailbag. We'll get to them on tomorrow's show. We have stuff to talk about today, so we'll talk about that sort of stuff. Uh, you know, somebody had pointed out, asking the mailbag though about you know whether or not or who rather does Keon Coleman look like? And uh, Carlos Williams tweeted out uh, Keon equals Anquan Bolden, uh, Anquan Bolden vibes. Uh, you 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 pointed that out um, at practice. Maybe, I think maybe, it's the number. I think it's just yeah, the number. Probably. I thought so, too. Uh, I really didn't pay all that much attention to practice because um, I was filming in and I was getting everything uploaded so people could have something to watch uh, during their early morning hours at the office. I did see period three. thought it was quite crisp. And then I think now what I'm going to try to uh, talk about every single day on the show now is just like that final play they run when they in the like period 12 or whatever before they would usually go inside to the IPF, but they stayed out for a few more periods than usual. But they usually run it inside the five-yard line. It's just one single play after they've done some 11-on-11. 11 11. It's, a, it's a goal line, do or die, fourth down and goal play. I think this one was inside the 10. It was, it was maybe on the seven-yard line. Um, offense scored because Jordan Travis is the quarterback for the Florida State Seminoles, yeah. and no one else would probably be able to stop it. Anything else? Uh, I don't want to say stood out to you, but but what did you what do you want to relate to the folks uh, that, that happened at practice? I mean, there was anything, you know, crazy but just let them know we're out there and you're doing yeah no uh you know i thought the offense won the day uh keon coleman was uh you know just unguardable again uh and i will say this i'm not trying to kill the kid uh because he caught everything else that i watched but one of the first plays on 11 11 uh johnny wilson gets deep for what should be a 50 yard touchdown perfect throw and he dropped it right going over the goal line so that's gonna happen hey get it out of the system um but he, he got open that's that's half the battle um, got open, really good throw, uh, but he, and he, made, he came back and made more catches uh, throughout practice. Thought Azarie had another good practice. I think he's a good player. I don't think it's, uh, you know, and I, I was thinking about this uh, re-watching uh, the game or some of the highlights from the game. Azarie got beat on like back-to-back third downs. I believe it was the third quarter. It might have been the second quarter. I can't remember, but LSU beat, the, beat him on back-to-back third downs where it was almost like, man, that's what are you going to do? It was a it was a throw to neighbors on a comeback when when the ball is thrown as he's coming out of his break. Azaria's got good coverage. It's just you know it's a better throw and a better route. And then he got beat. I don't even know if I want to call it beat. Uh, it was after Patrick Payton jumped off sides that play where it was going to be third and twelve or third and eleven and that became then it became third and six and they threw an eight yard pass to the tight end and Azaria had him on 
had him in coverage. I don't know what he graded out at, but I thought he played well, and I thought he play, he came back and played even better in practice on Tuesday, and he's going to continue to get better. Also, thought Cypress played well in that game, mm-hmm. especially from what we had seen. Um, thought he played pretty well overall in that game and, and uh, was fine in practice again, too. No real – I'm trying to think. No real highlights um, – you know, nothing that we could share anyway. Right. Um, one-on-ones, uh, you know, Destin Hill hit a, hit a big one, like a 40-yarder. Um, and I and Vandravius, I think ran, it was Vandravius that ran right by Greedy Vance, like just blitz past him, but the ball was overthrown. But other than that, it was it was the norm, it was the typical. Oh, and KJ Kirkland had an interception. Okay. And, and one-on-ones, like almost basically ran the route for Preston Daniel, got in front of him, was physical, and caught it and ran into the end zone. So. Those were those were about the highlights from practice. Very workmanlike day, though. I mean, yeah, short week for them. Maybe not. But it the seemed most... like a normal practice, didn't exactly. it? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you, yeah. you kind of asked Coach Norvell about that after practice. You know, without you know explicitly saying that. Listen, it's it's a, an opponent that's you know probably fairly inferior inferior to you. But coming off the short week, really big high of that victory. But they still went to work, and, and it seems like there there's a maturity to note it to kind of keep their heads down and and, and power through. Uh, no matter what they're going to see, whether it's these poll numbers coming out or uh, more people tweeting at them, apparently uh, Jaheim's phone uh, is blowing up about uh, him running over LSU's defensive back. <laughs> I guess he tagged him in an Instagram post, too, to let him know uh, yeah. he knows his name. So, uh, But, yeah, that, I thought that was really, I mean, I would say encouraging, but that's where I think so much of our confidence, Corey, probably came from this preseason was the fact that obviously we saw the talent, but it just seemed like, Man, they just said the right things. And so the talent obviously makes you believe the words that are coming out of their mouth much more so. But they seem like, you know, they, they listen, I came back because I wanted to, to, to have one more year here. We know that we can do something special here. We can win a championship here. And to be able to do that, you need to be able to show up every single day, get 1% better, all that sort of stuff that Norvell preaches. And they did on Monday. Man. They came back on. They had a good day of practice when they know they have a team. They, you know, they can beat up and, and name their score against USF. USF, is that what you said? USM. USM. Oh, Southern yeah. Is Miss. that what we call it? USM? That's what we call them in Mississippi. We call oh, okay. them Southern I Miss. Okay, I don't think I knew that. I just figured they were uh, Southern Miss. We like um, uh, Yeah, I mean, look, it's got, it's an interesting game because it is, you know, you're coming off a big, the, a big, big, big win. You get home essentially Monday morning uh, and you play Saturday night. Uh, so at least it's not Saturday at noon. You get basically all that Saturday to get your body more and more prepared and get ready for that and get ready for another, uh, well, that game's going to end at midnight. That's That's a crazy start time. 8.30, good Lord. Crazy. But, hey, students sold out. Yeah, shout out. Now, they're not going to be there the third quarter. So, if Florida State, if they don't want to make sure it's not a game, I I have a feeling the student section is going to be depleted by halftime because it'll be 10.30 on a Saturday night. And you're a student in college. You're probably going to want to go do some student things. So hopefully Florida State takes care of business while the students are in the stadium. But good on them for for selling it out. But yeah, I thought it was uh, uh I thought it was interesting that he said they've been preparing for this since the summer this week. And I yeah. think that means obviously yeah. they they knew that it was a, they were losing a day of prep and they were going to have to be it was going to be sped up. It was going to be warp speed to get ready for this game. So they did a lot of game prep. I I have to imagine in the summer like they know about Frank Gore Jr. They know what Southern Miss runs, uh, offensively, defensively. They broke down all the film well before the season started because they knew they'd have to have a game plan 
quicker than normal. They didn't have a Sunday like they normally do to get ready for this. So, yeah, look, it, but you're right. I thought it was it was very workmanlike. It was very still competitive. I was wondering what the practice would be like if they do the one-on-ones, if they would do seven-on-sevens and 11-on-elevens uh, after such a tough practice and a short week, but they did. It looked to me like maybe a little touch lighter, a touch lighter. Mm. But to me, it looked exactly like it did uh, last week and the week before. Uh, the team stuff, they, they, I mean, they, and they had the special team stuff. Fitz Magic made both his kick. He hit a 50, he hit like a 43 yarder that landed on the, uh, the roof of the IPF, like crushed it. Ooh. Good to see Ryan. Good to see that's in there. Um, so yeah, I thought it was a, I thought it was a practice and it seemed like from Norvell's point of view, uh, we'll see what he says after today's practice, but I think he liked that practice too. And I thought he was pretty pleased with what he saw overall from the, uh, from his players. Yeah. Uh, B50 was saying, uh, Fitzgerald, I see you. Attaboy. Kickoffs were fantastic and high. Uh, when they didn't have to kick deep, his field goals looked fantastic. Great work, Fitzmagic. The team regrouped at half, made adjustments. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he wanted to shout out Fitzgerald. So, yeah, there you go. There you go, Ryan. You, okay. you, you were right. seen. You were heard uh, by B50 there. Did you hear what uh, Will Hall, the head football coach at Southern Miss, a.k.a. USM, had to say about mm. uh, Florida State and, and Mike Norvell? They, they go back a little bit. Uh, Will was his tight ends coach at Memphis, and I think Will might have actually worked with Alex Atkins uh, in Tulane. They might have crossed paths down there too. Did you did you hear what he had to say, Corey? Or uh... I did. Yeah, I okay. did. I didn't watch the whole press conference, yeah. but I saw the first uh, couple minutes. I'll play for the people at home that might. Have, you probably okay. saw. We, we By the way, out everything. But I just want to. Are you about to play it right now? Yeah. Yeah. I I just want to preface this that I love the accent. Absolutely. I love it. It reminds me of my covering prep football in the yeah. state of Georgia days. Yeah. That is a that this sounds like, and I'm not trying to denigrate the man. Nope. He's he did a fine job. He's got that. He went to a bowl last year after the mess he took over. But it just reminded me so much of so many of the guys I talked to when I used to cover prep high school football in uh, the the great state of Georgia. This is pure Amory, Mississippi. This is mm. this is just this honed, refined, in the great city of Amory, Mississippi. Head football coach Will Hall of Southern Miss talking about uh, the matchup for his Golden Eagles this weekend in Tallahassee, taking on Florida State and Mike Norvell. We played a tremendous opponent this week. I know you aren't going to ask me about them. I mean, they're probably the best team I've ever coached against. I played Bama in 21, we did, and they played for the national title. And I think this team's a little better than them, you know, because uh, Bama was starting a true freshman quarterback at the time. He was really good, first-time draft pick. This guy's special, and their skill guys are. And uh, it's going to be a great challenge for us. It's a tremendous opportunity uh, to go over there and represent our program the right way. And, uh, you know, in, in an elite opponent, in an elite venue. And to see how much we've grown since the last time we went over and played Bama in a situation like this. Uh, I think our guys are excited about it. With that, I'll open it up. Yeah, I should have uh, cut up even a longer one. But he just goes in and talks about how special uh, Jordan Travis is, uh, how dynamic they are out wide. Heady praise, man. He played against uh, Bryce Young, tr true freshman year in Alabama, thinks this team is better. So there's another data point, everybody. So believe. Get off your get off your chairs. Believe. Corey even, I think, you know, wrote wrote it out so well in the column to let you know, folks, where there's reasons to love this team and reasons to believe now. So, But, yeah, Will Hall uh, stamping on it. Can yeah, we be I as mean, good I, as Alabama? That's crazy. Better than Alabama. We're better back. Better than the – the 21 Alabama. Look, I think what what you have to realize, and he he talked about it a little bit. He even used the word old, yeah. like they are old. Yeah. This is an old football team, like legitimately one of the oldest teams 
certainly the oldest one I could remember at Florida State, one of the oldest college football teams other than BYU that, that I could ever remember. Uh, it's just filled with 22, 23-year-old guys. Uh, so it's not just they're ta- that they're talented and they've got some really special dudes at key positions, but they're old and experienced and they've seen it all. Um, so I think that's what makes it they're probably not as talented as whoever was. I don't know who was on that 21 Alabama team. I know they had incredible receivers, and Bryce Young was awesome, and Will Anderson was awesome. But I don't know, like, overall how many NFL draft picks will come off that 21 Alabama team. I'm sure it'll be more than this Florida State team, all told. Um, but this team probably – you could say when you watch them and what they did in that second half, you're not saying the talent is better. But, man, you just can't replace and replicate experience like this. And I think that's what separate what could maybe make this a special season and, sep- and separate it from other really good teams in the country. It's just there's nobody they're going to play that's older than them. Mike, I, who's the youngest starter? I, is it Destin Hill? Does he count as yeah. a starter? And but he's been out of like, high school yeah, for three years. Yeah. He's draft eligible. <laughs> Like, literally, their whole – isn't their whole starting 22 draft eligible? Maybe as – as do we think – is Aria uh, – well, no, because it's Cypress, Ronaldo, and a, Greedy. Yeah, that's your your three cornerbacks. So, I think so, yeah, man, because Kalen and Tatum and, and your front four uh, and your safeties, obviously, and the offensive line we've talked about, your receivers, yeah, wow. So it's Jaheim. I mean, all yeah. these guys are are graduates of like the 19 class or the 20 class. They are all 22 or 23 years old. Almost all of them. Bethune, Deloach, Renardo, Jarian, Greedy, Akeem. Shaheem might be the youngest guy on the team, and it's his third year here. The youngest guy in the two deep, I mean. Yeah. All the linemen are, are uh, essentially, uh, I, I think they're old enough to run for president. <laughs> like they're all, by the way, if we have an age limit, <laughs> To run, you have to be a certain age to run for president. Uh-huh. Should we not have an age limit on the other side of it? Yeah. Probably. Just throwing that out there, and that's Gone. not a polit- that's not a political stance one way or the other because this last we're, time we're about to have two eighty year olds running against each other again. Yeah. Meanwhile, a thirty four year old can't do it, and none of y'all would have an eighty one year old coaching your football team. <laughs> Not anyone listen to this show. It's just crazy. That's how our political world works. But anyway, that, that's ageism in, the, in another way that you have to be 35 to run for president. But look, man, this is this is the oldest team that any of these other football teams have probably ever played. And it's not just old. It's old and good. And strong, and that's a, yeah. That's a lethal, lethal combination. Or could be, potentially. Oh, such a good segue. I could have gone there to the Clemson stuff. We'll get to it in a second, but let's follow up on Southern Miss by going over to mybookie.ag and using the promo code WARCHANT to get an instant cash deposit bonus. Florida State now favored by 31 points. Mm. The total is 53. So, yeah, like a 45 to 7. Kind of, you know, if it's 42 to 7, you're still. 42 to 10, right? Isn't that about what we're, they're looking at? If they, if they allow two scores, I'll be disappointed. But I don't know. Maybe the, the oh. fact that, you know, uh, Southern Miss's coach knows Mike. Mike knows Southern Miss's coach. They know which, they know what the other guy thinks they know. And maybe that will make it a little bit muddy for a while. Uh, but I don't know. I, I, I'd i be surprised if Southern Miss puts double digits on the board. No, I was just saying I thought that that's, that's kind of what Vegas is predicting. No, right. Like yeah, a 41-10 yeah. type game. Yeah. yeah. We'll see, though. I think I think it'll be more like 45-7. to seven. Okay. That gets us. That's the under, but then Florida State obviously covers there. 
Uh, lots to pick from. We're in full uh, full throttle here. We'll talk about the other games. Obviously, you know about Texas taking on Alabama, Miami taking on AM. All these games available over at mybookie.ag where you can bet anything, anytime, anywhere. Just use that promo code WARCHAM for an instant cash deposit bonus. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, Corey, you had mentioned, you, you said the word lethal. Mm. He said lethal. Talk about this Florida State, just the combination of everything they have. Uh, I saw somebody, I think maybe uh, uh, Ingram fella for uh, Battle's End had retweeted it. And, okay. uh, man, uh, apparently Garrett Riley, when he took over Clemson, said he was going to make the offense for the Tigers. Uh, it was going to be lethal simplicity is how we used to describe it. I guess. I, I didn't saw click, that too. I didn't click on the story, but I saw the headline. I saw the tweet, the X. Um, they they did not bring their guts to Wallace Wade Stadium on Monday night. Uh, they, they fell to unranked Duke, who's now 21st in the Riders' poll. Uh, really big bad loss for Clemson. Lots to get to here, but I guess let's let's first start off uh, with just how how can you be Dabo Sweeney and still be this young and this vibrant and this all knowing and walk into a season with that roster that did not look like a roster that resembled anything uh, between 2014 and 2021. Maybe it all comes down to these quarterbacks. Maybe it really is Deshaun Watson and, and, and Trevor Lawrence, but I, I don't think it's that simplistic. They had absolutely uh, nasty, large human beings that ran really fast on defense, great skill guys. They have, they've got good running backs, but, man, that's about it. I mean, the Kate Klubnik kid is, is not a virtuoso. He's not a prodigy. Um their wide receivers, Antonio Williams is a like a freshman All-American last year, but does not seem to be anybody that I would want to maybe set somebody on Florida State's starting roster to, to put in there. Just just bizarre that, I don't know, they're in the, the, the weird maybe Jimbo phase where he was still getting five stars, but they apparently weren't five-star caliber. Maybe he wasn't coaching them up enough. That just Basically, that did not look like a Clemson team that we have come to recognize over the last eight years, right? That wasn't well, a fluke. No, but neither did last year's team. Like last year's team, when you, I what's his uh, DJ Uyunglele? 
I think they started they started with Georgia Tech last year, and although the game ended up being not close, right, uh, right. it was ugly. Yeah. It was ugly last year too. Uh, for a, it started out ugly. It was kind of ugly for most of the year, and yet they were ten and one at one point. Now I know they lost to South Carolina and then lost their bowl game, um, but they were ten and one. Uh, so I, I still think there's talent there. I don't. I what what should be alarming for Clemson fans is look because Duke's not 21 points better than Clemson. And they didn't outplay them by 21 points. Clemson fumbled the ball at the 1. They fumbled the ball at the 10. Their Sebastian Janikowski kid can't kick an extra point, apparently, and missed a 20-yard field goal and had another one blocked. Um, they got they drove the ball all night. They had over 400 yards. They had 200 yards rushing and 200 yards passing. I think the stat was Dabo was 58-0 in his career at Clemson when they had 200 yards rushing and 200 yards passing yeah. until Monday night. The point being... They were they weren't blown off the field physically, but what should be alarming for Clemson fans is it wasn't fluky either. It you know what I mean? Like it, it was an even more of the game. same. It's more of the they, same of what they've looked like the last two. But years. they but they looked even to Duke. I thought Duke and Clemson looked like very evenly matched teams. Duke just got more breaks or made more breaks. I guess they they forced fumbles and and ran them back than Clemson did. Uh, but heck, Clemson's only touchdown came after a muff punt. So I, I think that all evened out. I, I just think that Clemson, they moved up and down the field. They didn't punt in the second half. It was just a weird game. They're not that bad. Um, and I don't think Duke's that good. But on that night, it's all that matters. And again, the alarming part is Clemson, it used to be, if they played their C-plus game and Duke played an A-plus game or an A game, they'd still win by three touchdowns or five touchdowns. They couldn't stay on the field with Clemson three and four years ago. Well, now if Duke, if Clemson doesn't play well, they can lose by 21 points to Duke. And let's extrapolate it a little bit. If Clemson doesn't play well in Death Valley in a couple weeks, they could lose by five touchdowns. I don't think they will. I think they will play well. I think that's going to be not an easy game. Um, but but I, that's where they are. Is that that's where that they they have to play. They're going to have to play really well to beat Florida State. It used to be they could play poorly. See 2021. Not play very well and still beat Florida State. Those days are over because yes, the roster has dipped uh, considerably because their coach has been very stubborn about the transfer portal about NIL. Um, we'll see if this we'll see how this season plays out and if it becomes an eight and four, six and six type season. Well, that might be what Clemson fans are need and are rooting for if it makes Dabo open his eyes to the ways of the world of college football uh, moving forward. But yeah, man, I think. When you watch that game as a Florida State fan, two things. One, your thought was, okay, that game in Death Valley is going to be much more manageable than we thought it was going to be. And you knew it was going to be manageable anyway. But now you're going to go in as a favorite. As long as you take care of business these next two weeks, you'll be favored in Death Valley, which will be crazy, but you will be. And then also, well, Duke's no pushover. And you got them in the season too. Like, you should beat them. You'll be favored to beat them. They're not going to be. Dare I say they might be a problem, Aslan? Okay. They, look, he could really coach defense. Yeah. Those guys fly around to the ball, and they've apparently got a guy that Kuyper's projecting as a first-round quarterback. Yep. Yep. So that. they they got some pieces. What what they don't have probably, I'm guessing, is a lot of depth. Right. And by the time you play them in six weeks or eight weeks or whatever it is, and uh, you know, 
teams that don't have a lot of depth start wilting, and that might be the the real advantage you have. And I think they play Notre Dame and NC State right before you. Uh, but yeah, man, I, I, that was eye opening. Uh, again, I'm not ready to write off the Clemson dynasty like everybody else was and say it's all over and they're going to be horrible this year. It was one game, uh, but that was very very alarming. Yeah, but you, like as you said, man, it's it's been this way for like two years now, so it's it's crazy. And then Tom Luganbill pointed out on the telecast that he was the He's a sideline reporter. He's like, he's like, gentlemen, you know, I, I haven't seen any speed difference on the yeah. field tonight between Duke and Clemson. Like, that's that's crazy. That's jarring. And, I mean, the, the part about Dabo, and I, I mean, you know, Georgia hasn't relied on the portal heavily. I don't think Ohio State has. Michigan hasn't. Alabama has not. At least not to the extent that Florida State has. But Florida State continues to have like a 60-30, 65-35 split on it. Right. So, I don't even know if the portal would like – he's going to have to go heavy into the portal, man. Or would it be one piece? If they had Keon Coleman, do they win on Monday night and Florida State maybe only wins by one score? I mean, maybe that's all they need is one or two additional pieces because they got good running backs. I don't know if that quarterback's – the quarterback should be okay. That offensive line seemed to be all right, but I just don't think they have that kind of talent on the perimeter at the receiver position. And that's just crazy to see Clemson – not have that after year after year after year seemingly having that. So I just I just wonder how it's it, – they're the ones that are seemingly getting burnt by not using the portal, but for some reason Georgia and Alabama and Ohio State and Michigan really haven't, but they're all right. So I, I like wonder where the disconnect is there. Well, I, I think, um, you know, Georgia and Alabama, what they've done is they haven't been completely stubborn about it. Like if you're looking at that Clemson team last night, why aren't you after Keon Coleman? Like what did you what did you think you had coming back that you didn't think a freshman quarterback yeah, could use a Keon Coleman or a Jaheim Bell? And I'm not saying maybe they were in on him, but you know Georgia mixes and match. They don't do much, but two years ago when they won the national championship, they got Clemson's best corner in the transfer portal. Right. Alabama last year, their running back was a Georgia Tech transfer. Yeah. Uh, they also got the kid from Ohio State, James Williams, two years ago. Yeah. 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 So they'll do it. They'll pick and choose. They don't have to do it much, but they will pick and choose. They're not above it. Right. I, and I think isn't Alabama? Um, is it their quarterback? Uh, a transfer or are the guy Milrow was in the race? Milrow is, but yeah, Buckner came in from yeah. from Notre Dame. Yeah, but that's so the thing though. Like they they get there. They pick and choose their one or two guys, and that makes them win 12, 13 games. I don't know if they were one player away from being a twelve win team right now, but maybe they oh, are. No, they I agree with you. I, I agree with you. I think they uh, they got they they didn't replenish maybe the way they should have. But I do think that it's it's frankly and look, man, he's won a ton of games and national championships. He's he's a Hall of Fame coach. It is straight up asinine and almost coaching malpractice to just say you're not going to go to the portal. It's crazy. Like you could Dabo, you could go get anyone like anybody that's any good at a small you. It's just crazy to say, no, we're just going to we're going to develop the high school kids. And even if this five star talent this all-American tackle from so-and-so wants to come play for us. No, we're good. I like my guys in the locker room. Okay, well, then start enjoying losing to Duke because that's the reality is you you don't – your margin for error when you're talking about – when you're now dealing with a, a, a college football roster is really, really thin if you're only going to rely on your own evaluation of high school players and developing high school players, especially when you keep losing coaches. So you don't even know who's going to be developing these players because you keep losing assistance. Meanwhile, you could get a ready-made Keon Coleman who's you just like pop him out of the oven, throw him on the field, and he goes scores three touchdowns. 
but you you're not willing to do that or you don't you think you're above that it's just it's it's bizarre it's good for Florida State in the short term we'll see if this ends up being like the um you know what 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 finally opens his eyes up to what he has to do cuz it could happen or he could remain stubborn and not do it the whole scene on Monday night looked bizarre man every time they showed him he was by himself yeah there was nobody around him. There was the one time it looked like he tried to high-five his quarterback, and the quarterback just ran right by him. Yeah. Like, the whole thing seemed a little off. Yeah. It just it just seemed a little off. And, again, it's one game, and I'm not going to put too much stock in it. I remember when Alabama lost in overtime to Ole Miss back in 16, and Dan Wolken wrote that the Alabama dynasty was over. Hmm. And here we are. What are they ranked this week, Aslan? Uh, third. third? Yeah. 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 It's – yeah. They've, they've fallen off a cliff. That was set. They've won like three national championships yeah. since that was written and produced multiple Heisman winners. So I'm not ready to co- – but I, obviously I know that this Clemson roster, that was not fluky. Um, and last year wasn't fluky. Like, yeah, they beat Florida State, but they, they – That was the best they, game they played all year long. It was, but they also – you know, they, they had that eight-minute window, end of second quarter, beginning of third quarter, where they took control of the game. Yeah. But they weren't overwhelmingly better than Florida State. No. And I would certainly argue after watching these two teams play this weekend, again, we'll see it on the field in a few weeks, it's it's almost not comparable, the talent on the two rosters right nope. now. Nope. And it's crazy that we've gotten there. But again, you got to go beat them on the field. Uh, I, I will say this too, what, what, what Monday night kind of proved to me or said to me is like if Florida State goes and beats Clemson on September 23rd in Death Valley, well, they're probably not going to play them again. Yeah, you know, there, there's going to be somebody else in the ACC championship game besides Clemson because they'll have two losses. Uh, Duke would have to lose three times to to um, for Clemson to overtake them. Louisville would have to lose twice. You, you know, and Louisville plays. I mean, Louisville looked really bad for a majority of that game, but they've got an easy schedule. North Carolina looked good. Like, there's a good chance. You know, we've been talking all along that it would probably be a rematch in Charlotte. They'd probably play twice. Well, the way they looked on Monday night. Combined with the way Florida State looked on Sunday night, I don't know that they would play each other again if if Clemson can't beat them in a couple of weeks. You know, I also what Monday night kind of opened my not opened my eyes because I've I've always been pounding this drum, but it's just I, I understand there's there's a a piece of the puzzle, there's a piece of the pie when it comes to building success and maintaining success that it does involve culture. But man, I. I I bet, you know, Dabo believes like all hell in his culture. That's like why he doesn't want to go outside of his four walls to go get new guys to bring in and infuse talent to that roster. He believes and trusts in his process and his culture. But give me the dudes, man. If I have the choice between between culture and dudes, I'm going to take the dudes. And I don't yeah. know how many dudes really Duke even has, but apparently enough to make a few more plays, several more plays than, than Clemson ultimately uh, in that game on Monday. Last thing, Corey. The, the potential downside of this, of seeing Clemson maybe their dynasty possibly wrapping up here. You're not saying it. I'm maybe saying it. but Everybody wanted to say it on uh, – and I'm not – again, I get it. I get why they're saying it. I'm not saying people are stupid for it. I just – I got to see more than one game where they, they just kept fumbling and shooting themselves in the foot in the 10-yard line. But, again, I was not impressed with anything I saw from the quarterback. I thought the defense was good. Yeah. Uh, I think the defense is good. Uh, but if that offense continues to struggle, it'll it'll be interesting to see how hard that defense plays the rest of the year. But go ahead, sorry. Yeah, just you know, one of my buddies called me up 
my guy Noah, who actually helps uh, voice the open of the show. And um, does Florida State have to go undefeated in November through November and December? I mean, ultimately, does Florida State need to go undefeated to make the playoff now with the way Clemson looked? Well, look, no, if but no, they don't. But it would help. I I think if you if you lose at Clemson, I think because of what you did to LSU, I don't think it's going to be like, oh, Florida State's a fraud. I think it's going to be, wow, Clemson might be better than we thought. Clemson might be better than we thought. Um, that's a great win for Dabo. And then you could get revenge in Charlotte. So if Clemson, if let's say Clemson goes 10 and two and one of their wins is against Florida State. Well, they're going to be ninth in the country or seventh in the country when they play Florida State and Charlotte. And Florida State, if they went 11-1 and with the loss to Clemson, would be around there too. So I do think you're still in contention for the playoff if you can beat Clemson again. If you beat, the, the question is if you beat Clemson and then lose at Pitt. And then, well, and then who do you play in the championship game? Like North Carolina? That, that gives you the yeah. boost to get know, you back there. That's the problem. That's the yeah. that's the fear. Like that's the yeah. fear right now cuz you, you figured you and Clemson, one of you, you the in the rematch in Charlotte, one of you is probably undefeated, the other one only has one loss. But it just doesn't seem I don't think Clemson's only going to have I don't think that's going to be their only loss until yeah, December. Yeah, it, it certainly would be surprising if that's their only loss of the whole season or they only have one more loss the rest of the way um after the way they looked. Um it, it would be very very surprising. But yeah, Probably, I, I, I know, I, I just, I think, and I think honestly, a lot of it has to do with what LSU ends up being. Uh, if, certainly, certainly. You know, if LSU goes 10-2 and two and is ninth in the country and their only other loss is by six to Alabama and then you beat them by 28 points or 21 points, uh, that's going to give you, a, that's a nice feather in the cap when it comes to selection Sunday. Um, is You know, but who knows, man. It's hard to know. We, let's, we're getting way ahead of ourselves. Got Southern Miss this week. <laughs> A bowl team from last year. I'm throwing it out there. I'm not assuming any wins. We don't do that on this show anymore. I want to enjoy the moment and just enjoy trying to get to uh, getting to two and zero this week, Aslan. And I would say well, Florida State's won seven in a row, which I guess is probably wouldn't that be like the third longest winning streak in the country or second longest? Somewhere in there, yeah. Yeah, probably. good for them. We don't even talk about stuff like that. It's just <laughs> automatic. They've won seven games in a row. I, I mean, Georgia's won quite a bit more than that, but uh, other than that, that's They've got to be in the top five in active uh, winning streaks. I just, I'm just afraid that the ACC is almost like a group of five school to where, like, if you're going to get in, I mean, we haven't, the ACC hasn't had a representative for a few years in the playoff because no one has gone undefeated or, or been 12 and one, you know? Um, but I, I just wonder, this conference seemingly here has, has only really had one power for like the last six years, and it's been Clemson. So yep. as long as you fill that vacuum, but you need to be like that level of dominant that they were when they got into the playoff. Because yeah, they they you know with Deshaun they lost sometimes, right? I think yeah, they, they lost. They, they, it, lost, they to lost at home. They lost to Pitt. They yeah, lost, they lost to Syracuse. To yep, yep. Uh, but those teams still made the playoff because Florida State still wasn't horrible, and there was still some talent. You know, there's still a good game or two in there in their schedule, at least in the ACC. But right now, that that really doesn't seem to be the case. So. You know, since Trevor Lawrence left, like, you know, they haven't you – know, when it's Trevor Lawrence was weird. there, they would go undefeated. It's kind of weird, right? The only – so when they play Clemson, if both teams win their next two weeks and they're both heavy favorites to do so, um, Clemson will probably be like 19th in the country. 
Florida State will be probably third or fourth. So what's interesting about it is the only way you'll really get – but if you beat Clemson in Death Valley, well, then Clemson's unranked after that game. And maybe they'll never work their way back into the – who knows? The only way you'll really get credit for beating Clemson is if you beat them in the championship game. Like, if they have a good enough season to – like, right now, I don't think in late September, if you beat them after the way they looked to start the month, anybody's going to give you really any credit at all. It's just going to be a horrible Clemson team. That you struggle to beat a Clemson team that Duke beat by three touchdowns. That'll be the narrative, I think. Now, if Clemson regroups, finds its footing, and ends itself, gets itself back to Charlotte, and you can beat them there – well, whether you beat them in Death Valley or not, if you beat them in Charlotte, if they're a top 10, 12-ish team and you beat them there, they've ended up having a good season, that's when you can get a bump from them. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I is So in that, obviously it's better to win all your games. So you want to win all your games. But if you lose to them and they end up having a good season and then you beat them in Charlotte and you're 12-1 and one with a win over a, I don't know, a 10-3 and three Clemson team, that – that might be better for your chances than beating them in Death Valley and not seeing them again in Charlotte. Yeah. I'm trying to find the longest active streaks right now. Oh, you weren't even football. listening. I was listening. I did look in. There's uh, a bump, yeah. Georgia has, uh, looks like three real transfers. They got a wide receiver from Mississippi State. They got uh, Ra Ra Thomas, which is a great name. Mm. Dominic Lovett, wide receiver from U- uh, Mizzou who I think was their oh, leading yeah. receiver last yeah, year. Yeah. Um, and then a DB, Tyke Smith from West Virginia. Tyke Smith from West Virginia. So in the other guys, they have a kid from Tennessee, but he's a running back that wears number 41. I think he's probably a walk-on. There's an outside linebacker named Sam Shirtliff from Nebraska, who is Shirtliff. probably a walk-on. Really? Uh, so, but yeah, so they that's what, the, that's what they do, is they mix and match and just fill very specific needs. Yeah, it seemingly Dabo's not doing any of that. So. All right, so I know. That's what's so crazy about it. Totally crazy. All right, let's get back out to practice. Florida State practicing on Wednesday morning. We'll be out there. We'll have observations. We'll have – I don't know if we'll have observations, but we'll, we'll definitely have a wrap of what's going on. We'll have footage from the early periods. We'll have interviews with Coach Norvell and players. We'll also get Adam Fuller. We didn't really talk about uh, Alex Atkins. Uh, mm, we should have. Yeah, let's do that for a second. Now that we're – it's late anyway. We're talking already. Yeah. Um. You know, I thought I thought he was really interesting about um, about the offensive line that their plan all along was to play those guys. That's crazy, man. I, yeah. I don't know if I believe that. I think guys were compromised health wise in that game. But I, I I love you, Alex. So I'm not calling you a liar. But I don't, man. Like the maybe one of them was, but yeah. like Roddick and Dimitri came out and went back in, and you know Roddick was on the field for the long Jaheim Bell touchdown. Uh, Dimitri came out for Keandre Jones, but then went into left guard for a while. Uh, you know, it was just he and they said it all along that they were going to play eight guys and they did. Yeah. Um, and so, I, yeah, I mean, I wasn't sure how much I believed it. I see. I thought maybe it was something performance based, not yeah, injury based. Like maybe they weren't getting what they wanted. They knew they wanted to run the ball more to start the second half. So they put Keandre Jones at right guard. Yeah, well, uh, but either way, what a luxury. That's whether it's crazy. the truth or not. Yeah. If you're like, man, we're just not running the ball real well. We got to give Maurice some help. We got to be a little bit more physical at the point of attack. Let's get Maurice some help and put Keandre in there because he's a little bit bigger, a little, whatever they think he is, stronger, more physical, whatever. Whatever the reason was, they did it and they started running the ball a little bit better. So that's and also 
Robert Scott only plays 13 snaps. Um, and then Bless Harris comes in and wins ACC Lineman of the Week. Oh, he did he? Congrats, yeah. Bless. Shout out. So, uh, yeah, Jordan and Keon all won their respective, you know, ACC quarterback and ACC uh, wide receiver of the week, too. So, But, yeah, so Atkins saying that I thought was interesting. Um, you know, talking about uh, just Jordan being able to flush stuff quick, quickly because mm. he had such a bad stretch there for him, a horrible, ridiculous stretch. And then he ends up riding the ship um, almost immediately and doing what he does. And it's crazy right, that, that there might be, and it's not like a bad thing, but that there was like maybe some over, some sense of overconfidence played into maybe some of the stuff that Jordan was dealing with early on. Yeah. Like that, that that's where he is at this. I mean, could you imagine telling him two years ago as we come upon that fateful anniversary that you mentioned at the top of the show that you were going to tell Jordan, like, yeah, you're going to beat number five LSU on a neutral site. You're going to look a little bit shaky early on, though, because you're going to be so overconfident that you are that you can just do whatever you want. You can throw into crazy coverage and do some crazy, you know, sandlot football stuff that's kind of been outside your comfort zone the, the year prior to that. He'd be like, sure, I guess. Let me go beat the uh, the Gamecocks of Jacksonville State real quick. Oh, wait, no, you're no, you're not. You're not going to start. Mackenzie Milton's going to start instead. We'll see in two well, years, though, buddy. It, but also, like, the fact that uh... – you know, what he said, what I thought Atkins said that was, was on point, too, was that, you know, live to play another down. Yeah. Like, you, you know, that's that's the message he was given to Jordan before the game and then obviously after the game is, you know, live to play another down. Don't just throw it up for grabs on first down or even if you're going to take a sack on third down at your own two, that's better than almost throwing a crippling interception. Hmm. Like, and, and, I, and I do think he's, you know, I think he – he obviously started doing that in the second half. And I think Atkins chalked it up to number one. He is very good. He knows he's good. Um, and you know, when you, when you know you're good and you know, you can fit throws into tight windows and you're always wanting to make a play, it can be hard to dial that back after you, after you've done it for so long, but you just got to be able to, you got to take what is there. You can't force it. Um, but it, yeah, that's what he said is Jordan in the second half, really after those two throws kind of just calmed it down and looked more like himself. And he also said that, uh, and I, I was wondering about this too, the Keon Coleman thing, jumping up and down and then pointing at the kid. Uh, I asked Atkins about that, and he's like, I don't think he was doing what it looks like he's doing. Right, and yeah, I, yeah. Walk people through what you're, yeah, the, the the whole sort of viral clip there where apparently. So it's 14 to 7, late in the second, like late in the second quarter. It's that drive. They just converted. I think Travis just got a first down on a sneak. Coleman is Coleman is on the opposite sideline of the the Florida State sideline, and he's jumping up and down like like ooh ooh. It was almost like a kid in a class like pick on me, pick me, pick me. I know the answer. Like jumping up and down, holding his hand up, and then pointing to the guy that was covering. Him. Like jumping up and then pointing to the guy that's covering, him. Yeah. which makes it look like he's saying, "Look who's on me, throw me the ball." Yeah. I don't know if he's doing that or not, but as I as I notice, and as Atkins rightly pointed out. That play that he scores on, which is that next play, he goes. He's on the out. He's on the outside, and they move him to the slot. And it's a whole different player that's covering him. So twenty-four is the kid he's pointing at. Like, ooh, ooh, look who's on me! Look who's on me! Pointing at him. But he slides to the inside, and number eight, the safety, is the one that tries to cover him in the end zone and uh, fails to do so. What is it? Uh, what's the whole man that shot Liberty Valance, Valance or whatever? Like when, the, when the legend. Like print the legend or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When the when the uh, when what is it? When the legend when the, when the legend becomes when the, fact. 
Well, or the legend is better than the truth. Print yeah. the legend. Yeah, something yeah. like that. We screw that all up, guys. Sorry. But you know, you know what we we know what we mean. We're not great at everything. <laughs> I love how yeah, I mean Atkins was like totally dismissive of that. He's like, yeah, oh, sounds cool. Or go ahead, and run with it. Fine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's like, go ahead and run with it. But he's like, I haven't talked to him about it. Uh, you know. And then he also said, obviously, Keon's really good. He's a student in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I, I was. I'm just looking at the Alabama roster real quick. Back to that. We for, I forgot about Jalen Key. You remember him? The the safety oh, from Quincy? Oh, yeah, from that, UAB, yeah, yeah. Yeah, some UAB. He's there. Obviously, the kid from Notre Dame is there. I was just doing a quick rundown. They got, you know, some JUCO kids. So those are the two kids I see right away on their roster that are um, – and I don't know. I assume the Jalen Key kid started. Yeah, let me see if I can – I can look him up. I got PF. This is the time of the year where I always have a PFF tab and the uh, game, game stat, stat broadcast, uh, like, tab, like, just on demand. But I'll have to – They've got field. a Georgia. They've got a Georgia transfer, so that's three. They've got a UAB, Georgia, and Notre Dame transfer, as far as I can see. Jalen Key did start, thirty-one reps, graded out at eighty-four point one. Okay, all right. But it was, it was Middle Tennessee, so we won't get carried away. But yeah, thirty-one reps he played. He graded out at eighty-four point one. His coverage was eighty-nine point two. Was that was he the only guy in the portal that they really went after that they didn't get? Seemingly, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That they didn't. Yeah, I thought you were talking about safety. Uh, but no, overall, yeah, that's like the one guy that they circled and squared and and, and weren't able to to pull. And oh. and listen, man, he's a defensive back. And you go and God love Adam Fuller. Hopefully, we'll get there at some point. But you know, if you want to be a defensive back and get to the next level, you know, Nick Saban's hard to turn down. So. Yes, yes, he's got a pretty good track record. It looks like. Yeah. All right, well, let's get out to practice. We'll speak to Coach Fuller. Don't tell him I said that about him, everybody. Um, I love you, though, Adam. You know that. But we'll get to uh, hear his thoughts. It's Is it too late to keep talking about the LSU game, Corey? No. I don't think well, it is. Well, we got one more. I think we got one more day, and then we turn our attention to the uh, the Golden Eagles who have had it. It's a, you know, it's a rich history uh, with Florida State. You know, one of the all-time yeah. – uh, a loss that cost Florida State a national championship was to uh, Brett Favre uh, 30 – Wow, is that right? 34 years ago? Good night. 34 years ago. Yeah, so they lost to Brett Favre in 89 to open the season, and that cost them a national championship. Um, and then they beat them in the uh, in Odell Hagen's uh, first bowl game, right? Oh, yeah, in Hattiesburg. Yep, yeah. yep that's right. Cam nice. Akers ran crazy against the uh, – No, the... it wasn't Hattiesburg. It was uh, – I'm sorry, Shreveport. 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 God, I wish it was Hattiesburg. <laughs> Hattiesburg's a cool little town, man. I yeah. know. That's what cool I'm saying. Town. I wish it was Hattiesburg. Yeah, uh, it was not. The Shreve. Yeah. By the way, somebody from Orlando got upset when you said you'd rather have been in Shreveport than Orlando the other night. He's like, come on, give Orlando some respect. Oh, I had to have been joking, right? Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I yeah, mean, I'd... it's still not a great stadium, though, guys. Like, no, the the stadium is horrific. But yeah. understand, I did get to Orlando on Thursday for a Sunday night game. You did. So I like Orlando. Clearly. Uh, got, you, you got some stuff to do. We, we, had some, we had a good time. I like the downtown area. Obviously, you got all the... The parks and everything, a ton of hotel. Yeah, Orlando's much better than Shreveport. That stadium, though, is very similar. It, that's No, that's what I was saying. I, I preferred the Shreveport Stadium because it was right next to the uh, the county fair, the state fair that has the pig on the roof of that shack. It just has a little more charm, a little more charm than the uh, Citrus Bowl. Oh, man. All right, that's a wrap for us. Uh, Jeff Cameron Show coming up 1 to 3 o'clock. Stay connected to WarChant.com. We'll be out of practice. Uh, footage, interviews. Uh, we'll have a summary of those interviews for subscribers over on warchant.com. So hang tight. we got more coming your way. He's Corey. I'm Az on live show Thursday, 6 o'clock, Corey. Sure. Let's do it.
Let's do it. Thanks for listening to Wake Up War Chant, presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill.